All right, everybody. This time around, we're looking at the genre so nice, you'll want to be reincarnated twice. I'm Suede. And I'm Chris. And this is Deep Anime Dive. Yay. Yay. Once again. We're back. Somewhat regularly. Somewhat regularly. It's a miracle. More regularly than normal. Yeah. More regular than ever. Yeah. Twice as mediocre. <laughs> but we didn't we didn't really record last week as kind of like realized our uh our plans for uh one episode was gonna take a lot longer than we thought. Extra ambitious is Yeah. But finishing like two to three uh twenty six episode series in a couple of weeks. Yeah. But like all that we have on our plate from this, this season. Yeah. Cause I've mentioned it before and I'll mention it again. I'm watching 14 shows, I think an unholy number that I regret. And you're not even watching the good ones. I apparently not. As far as <laughs> ANN is concerned, like anime news network, I'm watching all of the trash tier so- shows this season. Yeah. And then I'm watching all the good ones. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I'm going to be fighting everybody. Apparently this, when it comes time to review for the season, cause I apparently do not have any allies. <laughs> Once you start watching Kageki Shoujo, then you'll start to realize why your shows are bad. <laughs> I will defend the detective is already dead to the last. I will die on that hill, probably by myself. Yeah, you're dying on that hill, let me tell you. <laughs> My goodness. Anyway, how are you doing, Chris? I'm doing uh, wonderful. Uh, um, though today we've had a, a long pre-show. <laughs> Yeah, we had an adventurous lunch. Yes. <laughs> uh, you get. Do you want to tell them about that? Sure. So we had this uh, great plan since uh, we're recording this on. We both had the day off, so we're like, oh yeah, we could get lunch. Then we'll like rec- come back and report the podcast. It'll be super clean and fun. Yep. You know, make an afternoon of it. Um. That was like four hours ago. <laughs> yeah. It was like four hours ago. Because Chris was like, man, you know what would be fun is like Yaki Niku. Yeah. We should go do like some, just like some fun, like, I guess it's like Korean barbecue. That's what yeah. they call it generally. Yeah. Just cook it yourself places. Yeah. So, get the meat, put it on the thing. Yeah. We Googled it. There was a place kind of close by. It seemed like it was promising. Got there. And it was kind of busy. Yeah. Um, they said, oh, you're, you know, we're going to put you down. It'll be like a 30-minute wait. Right. But so you know, you, 30 minutes, a little long, but not not the worst. It's not too bad. Like, yeah, we can just, we'll go, like, I think we just like went to hang out like in the movie theater nearby. Yeah. Just killed time. Uh, waited 30 minutes. Uh, waited 45 minutes. Then an hour. An hour. <laughs> um, at the hour mark, I got a notification that we were removed off of the waiting list. <laughs> So naturally, that was concerning. Yeah. Um, went back to the restaurant like, oops, yeah, we took you off the waiting list for some reason. Yeah. That's weird. Don't worry. We can get you a table eventually. Yeah. And then we, we realized that it was not Nomi Hodai. Nomi Hodai. Is that the, the English word for that, Chris? <laughs> Whatever the English word is for it. I'm going to drinks. Yeah. Yeah. There's no free refills. Yeah, that, exp- that like really killed my motivation to go. Yeah, it was already kind of like 
I mean, yakiniku is already kind of expensive. Yeah. Like you're already kind of committed to like 20 or $25 for the meal. And then just adding that on top is just kind of ridiculous. Yeah. So and like, don't worry, we'll, we'll definitely get you a seat for real this time. We'll just put you back on the list. And like, no, thanks. Yeah. But, we were like, yeah, well, let's just go somewhere else. And then we went just to a place close by, which was actually really good. No, yeah, it worked out. Yeah. So that was, that was our sad adventure. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. We got a good meal out of it though. Oh, yeah. We went somewhere else that had no wait time. We got our food in like 30 seconds. Yeah. And it was just pounds of food. <laughs> like, yeah. So that, it, I mean, it worked out. It was a lot cheaper too. It was a lot. It was like half the cost. Half the cost. Twice as much probably. We got uh, refillable drinks. Yeah. And uh, it was really good. Yeah. So, so we're going to see if we can get a sponsorship from them actually. Yeah. Move that as sponsorship. <laughs> yeah, please. That'd be nice. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Um, geez. Yeah. That's been today. Uh, what about you? Like, what have you been up to? Um, oh my gosh. So if I'm not watching way too much anime because I overcommitted this season, you did overcommit. Um, I have been studying Japanese like crazy cause I'm trying to, uh, I want to take the proficiency test, uh, in December cause it's a, you can either take it in, I think it's like there's an opportunity in June, an opportunity in December every year to take the JLPT. Do you, do you think you'll get one? and one ha i'm hoping to pass n3 by december but but you were telling me like uh what was it like a year ago you're like i want to be n1 by the end of the year yeah that was a different suede he was naive <laughs> the naive suede yeah. he's like how much is 2000 anyway it's not that many i can learn 2000 kanji 2000 kanji it's actually more like 2200 apparently because you have to like learn a bunch of the name kanji too for the test Really? I think Maybe so. Kanji as well? Some, like not all of them. Cause that's like 600 total. I think. Like right. I, I know like the basic ones. Like right. Tanaka. Shigeru. I, yeah. I mean, I think that's mostly what Anga. would be on the test is just like, like the common names. Cause you can't expect everybody to know all of them. I don't think. Yeah. But anyway, yeah. So I'm just, I'm just studying like crazy. Cause I want to become proficient in Japanese. So badly. <laughs> Yeah, I've I've actually started down that path too because I've started to gain that uh that desire to want to do it as well. Yeah. So. But, but I'm not I'm not I'm I'm like really good I'm like the opposite of you I think mm. where I, I I'm like really good at understanding it right. when it's spoken, but when I try to speak it, it just comes out like Ugh. yeah. <laughs> Maybe one day in the soon future, we'll have like a Japanese only episode. That'd be fun. We could subtitle it so that people could st- <laughs> subtitle it. How? <laughs> it's fine. A, a written transcript <laughs> that you could read along with. Yeah. I'll, I'll come over to your house while you're listening to it and just tell it, tell you what each sentence says or what it means. Just have to like make an appointment. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> well, today we're joined by. No uh, other than Asuka. Yeah. Asuna. Asuna, thank you. Asuna. I can't believe you'd confuse them like that. You should apologize. I apologize to all the Asukas out there. Because <laughs> no one wants to be called Asuna. It, yeah, anyway, we have uh, Asuna with us this week. It seemed like she'd be an appropriate guest for the episode. Unfortunately, you have an 
Asana figure. Yeah, not entirely by choice, but I do have one. It's a very poor quality figure. Yeah, I'd say... Um, really poor quality figure. Yeah, I'll be honest. Um, those knockoffs you get on AliExpress, slightly better quality <laughs> than this one. Yeah. Chris is currently fighting to get both of her feet into the pegs. It's usually one or the other. I've never been able to really get both. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> Why is this figure so bad? Because it cost me like, I think five bucks. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's fine for like, it's a budget figure. That's what it is. Basically. It's like for the person who wants to have the characters, but doesn't have the $200 for the good ones. Well, now that there's pop-up parade, yep. I, I would say that this is more like, not budget, like bargain bin. Yeah, it's the bargain bin. Bargain bin figure. Now, these probably would have been sold for like a dollar at Neo. Actually, probably like three for a dollar at Neo. Yeah. I miss Neo. I miss Neo too. It's in Japan. I, I, I've been wondering if there's like a, if there is like a uh, Japanese district in uh, Salt Lake. There, There's a Japanese street. I don't think they really have, because they do like a Japanese uh, festival every year mm-hmm. in summer. I don't think they had it this year, but I went to it a couple years ago. I mean, they're pretty, they make it a point to be very much anything but anime. Like it's like more like traditional Japanese culture stuff. Yeah. Um, they did have a cosplay contest when I went though, which was a bit more anime otaku-ish. Really? But like they have a, actually they have a, like a really cool like a souvenir shop up there. Really? It's like just like traditional Japanese items like fans and scrolls and stuff. So just like basic, I know there's a lot of those type of stores in like uh, malls. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, I mean, I I know what you mean like they had the, I mean they have like other stuff too. Like I think one of the big things that I really liked they had the the Japanese postcards, like mm-hmm. the the uh, ehagakis that are really nice looking, like really nice calligraphy or photos or mm-hmm. whatever, what have you. But anyway. Yeah, anyway. Um, what were you talking about? Asana is here. Asana is here, yes, right. Yeah. And we will uh, post a photo of her on Twitter. Yes. As per usual. I think last time we had, who was with us? It was the... Aqua. Aqua was here, yeah. Aquaton. Yeah, Aqua didn't, ver- didn't really talk much. But I think we'll be hearing from Asana in a way later yeah. on. <laughs> yeah, we'll be talking heavily about that. Speaking of, but before that, um, what are some uh, bits of news that have come across? Oh, yeah, sure. Been uh, interested in? Yeah, hot topical. I found exactly one piece of news that is important to know. Okay. So, this is for everybody who has watched Jujutsu Kaisen, which I think is the entire anime community essentially at this point. Do you watch all of it? I, I stopped like halfway through episode nine. <laughs> I need to finish it. I literally like I paused. Everyone has watched it except me. <laughs> I watched some. I watched enough of it. I literally like paused it in the middle of like an action fight, and I went to like do something, and I just haven't gone back and spent three months. It just so that's how distracted I get. But regardless, so there has been an officially licensed Jujutsu Kaisen snack in the form of what's his name's cursed fingers. Skuna's figure yeah. fingers. Yeah, so you can get Skuna's fig- fingers as chocolate snacks now. Delicious. So if you've ever wanted to eat a cursed item <laughs> and either die or be possessed, I have good news for you. <laughs> Is this a Japanese only uh, item? I guess <sighs> probably. 
Um, probably yeah. it would, it would probably be in, uh, um, it's, yeah, it's a premium bent, uh, Bondi snack. Oh my gosh. It's uh, $40 for five fingers. $40 for five fingers? They're really nice fingers, apparently. $30? $34. Are you kidding me? For That's f- expensive. I was I thinking mean, it was going to be more like something like uh, that would be located in Kabini's. I mean, you probably could get them there, but the I guess it's just because like the packaging is part of it. Like They come in like... If you remember, like from the anime, like the box that like the first one was like wrapped up in all cursed, like yeah, they come in that like replica box. Oh, so it's like a, it's like it's kind of like a collectible that you can also eat because you you basically you want to keep the box afterwards because you're like I ate the finger, so mm-hmm. here's the proof. I also has Guna inside of me. Yeah, sometimes eyes explode out of me in weird places. <laughs> well, that was fascinating. Yeah, that's <laughs> yes. that's the only news you need to worry about this week, guys. Go buy some fingers and eat them. Do it. Well, uh, the the only uh, piece of news. Oh yeah, the actual news worth talking about is the uh, new streaming service that might happen. That's probably going to happen. Um, because we don't have enough of these. Yeah, we don't have enough at all. But I think this one it might be a contender for. Uh, I mean, seeing as how Crunchyroll is going to die in a month and become Funimation plus Ultra. Oh, that's, that's if, if it does, then I'll definitely just move to this one. Yeah. <laughs> because uh, this one, it looks like it's a bunch of not anime studios, uh, television studios, Japan, Japan yeah. television studios. Yeah, they're banding together. Yeah, they're banding together to make their own streaming network. And I think it will actually work really well. I think it has the potential to take over Crunchyroll. Especially if they just, if their thing starts to take off, then they'd just be like, I guess we're not going to work with Crunchyroll and Funimation anymore. I mean, that's kind of thing. Like if they can cut out the middleman, that's a big deal. Yeah. That's probably, that's actually probably exactly what they're trying to do. Yep. I I agree. And I think it will work really well. So it's called Animeca. Yeah. Animeca. So that's, so I think like it launched only like a few weeks ago in Japan. But they're start. They're working on their plans for uh, expanding it uh, internationally, and well, I guess we'll see where it starts off with soon. I imagine North America will be one of the first places that'll get it. But and apparently, in Japan, it's uh, four dollars a month. It's pretty cheap. It is really cheap. That's like that's always like the crazy thing. Like I've noticed, like because like the the jump subscription for like the digital comics that's only like two bucks a month. Yeah. So like Japan is cheap for some reason with their stuff. Yeah. It's by, by the time it gets over here, we have to pay like twelve or fifteen dollars a month for things. Yeah, agreed. But anyhow. so uh, I don't know. Let's look forward to that then. See how well it does. Hopefully, yeah. it'll be. It won't be another high dive. Yeah, I hope that it's just written in just the poorest English. <laughs> <laughs> like they got someone's like middle school kid to like write up the site for them. Because my favorite is navigating Japanese websites that are like quote unquote translated into English. Yeah. It's it's a it's a pastime of mine. <laughs> but anyway. Or going over to a Japanese website and click uh, Google Translate this page. That's always <laughs> that's always fun to see what Google thinks of it. Yeah. But I, I mean I get into that some other time, but there's some yeah. 
Yeah, well, uh, that's probably the only news. The only one other news that's sort of noteworthy is that Demon Slayer is starting back up next season, which is great. I also need to I need to finish watching that one too. Yeah, finish watching it so we can have an episode on it. I stopped in the middle of an arc because I got distracted. But I do that a lot. Then once you get finished the regular series, then we can uh, watch the movie. And oh yeah, there was that that movie that. Like, train. Yeah. yeah, I don't. I can't remember if anyone we really talked about it. I think it was kind of obscure. All right, so yeah, that's all the news. Yep. So now with oh, all, and, of, um, there's actually one other piece of news. Um, Detective is already dead. Is still the bottom tier. Yep. For the season. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That sorry, I, I just have to keep on bringing that up every single time. Yeah, that's it's an undeniable fact that uh, everyone is a bad person in this community, and I am ashamed of you. You all need to do better. <laughs> you can still repent and come back to the to the light of siesta. I think everyone's uh, siesting at siesta. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to pause the episode real quick so I can fight Chris. <laughs> be back in a moment. All right. So uh, getting into today's topic for today, what is, our, what is our topic for today? All right. So, yeah, getting into the actual topic, as was oh so subtly hinted in the opening, today we're going to talk about isekai. Yes. And I mean the entire stinking genre of isekai. Yeah, this it's it's kind of a big undertaking, but we're gonna try and hit on like the finer points, the, the kind of like bigger points. Yeah. But Isig has been an interesting genre. Uh, let's see. I guess just to start off, wanna give like what's like your quick and like quick and dirty like definition of Isekai? Like what is it to you? Um to me, protagonist um in one world it's uh, teleported or translated into a different world. That's not his currently. That's not his like origin. Okay. And it can work either way. Like change. Okay. Sure. Like either like someone comes here or someone goes there kind of yeah. thing. And it's usually someone from our world that goes into another world. Mm. Something akin to that. Okay. That's, um, what I'd say like the loose definition is. All right. What about for you? All right. So actually, because I cheated, I spent six hours, six hours researching, this? six hours researching this. This is what I've been wanting to do with this podcast is just, just absurd amounts of research. Cause I love it. But, uh, I found, so I, I've actually, um, and I always just in general, you should always look at the show notes cause I have a lot of fun writing those. But this week, you extra want to check out the show notes because I have resources. I am citing sources. Oh, my goodness. I did like an essay that I could turn in for college <laughs> credit. <laughs> but anyway, um, so I found a couple of websites talking about the definition of isekai. Uh, the definition I found that is the widely accepted uh, definition for as far as the Japan is concerned it's just like the literal meaning of the word isekai. Like isekai is its own definition. Because isekai, it's three kanji. I-se-kai. Which translates roughly to other world. So as far as like, and that's Japan's definition, like literally right there. 
if the anime contains another world, it's an isekai. Hmm. That's like they're, they're it's, it's like just that easy for them. So that's like definitely different than um, us in the Western audiences. And, uh... Yeah, I think in the West we have a lot of conditions that we tend to expect of isekai. Yeah. Like there's kind of the expectations like, Oh, he's either some, like the main, the main character is summoned or like accidentally gets somewhere or they're trapped somewhere. They're reborn somewhere. And then they can't go back. Yeah. Or like they're trying to go back. Like it has to be like a different like reality or something. Like it can't just be like, and I mean, we'll, we'll probably fight about this later, but there's so many different ways you can, because when you say other world, that's so vague. It is very vague. But, and I, I, I looked up a bunch of anime as far as like the stuff that we traditionally consider isekai over here as versus like what some shows that Japan considers isekai that we wouldn't think of as <laughs> such here, which I think will be fun to talk about. Yeah. So there you go. Isekai, the other world. Yeah. The other world reincarnated into the other world. Speaking yeah. of that. Our uh, podcast was going to be named that. Oh yeah, this was this was your suggestion, wasn't it? <laughs> yes, it was my suggestion. It was be it would be like reincarnated in, into another world with my podcast. Yeah, <laughs> which I was I kind of shot down pretty maybe unfairly harshly at the time. No, you didn't. You didn't shut it down. You were like, I don't know, and then I was like, uh, it would work. But this other one, uh, Deep Anime Dive, sounds a little better. Yeah. Uh, I liked that we could do water puns every week, which we haven't even really done every week. No, you stopped after a while. Yeah, I gave up and <laughs> pretty quickly. Actually, I think like two episodes in, I was like, nah, no more water puns. Yeah. But um, anyway, so yeah, that was that was on the table for a minute there. Um, and then actually, I guess bef- like, so now that we've kind of like put out the definition. Actually, I'm kind of... I don't know if this wasn't necessarily a plan. I'm actually just kind of curious, like Chris, like what was like, what's your, what was like your initial impression of Isekai as it started becoming a thing? Like uh, when did you, like when did you become aware of it as like a thing, like as a genre? I became aware of it as a genre, probably. Um, I want to say around the time when re zero was coming. Okay, so that's like 2016, 20, no, that's probably earlier. Yeah, it was around the time, I think it was around the time when uh, Sword Art Online was also starting this way as well. Okay. Um, but, like, the reincarnated into another world genre, like, yeah, I think it was around the time when ReZero was airing. Okay. And um, I wasn't really sure what to think about it at the time because there was only like a few shows here and there mm. so i think we were just writing off the moe genre yeah that was a that was a train for like 10 years there probably or like the uh wasn't there also like a magical girl white boom or something like that uh yeah there's like what i call the anti-magic girl boom uh post modica post modica boom you know, where there's like suddenly like magical girls were cool again but they had to be like edgy and different for the most part. Yeah. Like everyone had to start having a twist with their, with their magical girl of some kind. Yeah. And like shows would have like their own twists to, sh- to show. Yeah. Just, just in general, it became like a trope to have like the episode three switcheroo. 
Yeah. Or like something just drastically changes from what you think it's going to be. Yeah. And I got real tired of that personally. (laughs) Like I don't like, I think having my expectations subverted is the quickest way for me to hate you (laughs) pretty much. But the detective is already dead, like kills the detective on the first episode. Yeah. It's also the name of the show. They're they're not being sneak. Like, (laughs) I I mean, no, no, no. Like when you hear that title, the detective is already dead. You, you think that maybe the detective is like a ghost or something that's like following around. Yeah. She's actually like a ghost in the only in the main character. See, that's what I thought. That's what you thought. Yeah. See, and that, that's fair. Like my impression was going to be like there. I thought they were going to spend the whole show being like, Oh no, maybe she's dead, but then she shows up at the end or something. But no, just she, she's, she's dead guys. <laughs> Trust me on this. It's, it's siesta, very... siesta is having an eternal siesta. <laughs> I get, I mean, um, that's a, that's a good question. Cause I don't know how, like if there's an afterlife or not in that universe, like, I don't know how, like she's pretty super dead, but anyway, she is dead as Araragi was when he got cut in half. Yeah. At least that dead. By Kokoro Watari. Yeah. She's, she was probably more thoroughly dead than he was, but he, he was pretty dead. He went to the afterlife. <laughs> I mean, he, I mean, he was in pieces, but at least there were pieces to be found. Wasn't he in like the lowest uh, place yeah, he, in hell? He got booted to hell. <laughs> yeah, the lowest layer of hell. <laughs> yeah. Serves him right for, for molesting random girls, I guess. <laughs> the person that he molested was right there. Yeah, she, went to, for him. she went to hell too. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that show is great. No, <laughs> that show is fantastic. Go watch, go watch Bakemonogatari. I'm surprised you haven't bought it yet. I'm actually looking at it. I Somebody's selling like the limited edition Blu-rays. And like, I have? Yeah, I think it's the same kind of set. And like, it's like a thousand dollars isn't that much. I could do it <laughs> over time. Just get, just get like once, once, once in a while. Yeah, I, I really, it's a like good I series. Did. Like, it's worth owning for sure. Anyway, we got distracted. Isekai. Oh, isekai. Yeah. What were we talking about? <laughs> oh, gosh. We were talking about uh, I think our you, own person. Yeah, like your initial impression of it. Initial impression. Okay. So yeah, it, um, I didn't really have an initial impression. I didn't think it was like going to be a super like big thing. Because mm. I think around the time I maybe started to notice it was like that ReZero and then Devil is a part timer, and like started noticing the trend. Mm. It was like there's like a trend of like well, maybe like one a season, like three a season, and then it became four, and then it became five, and then it became what it is now ten. Yeah, 80% <laughs> of the season is Isekai. Yeah. But. Um, though, um, my personal thoughts on it is that I don't think it will be going away anytime soon. No. Because it's a it's a sort of genre that's like, there's so many things you can do with it. Yeah. And um, there really isn't like any other, like, uh, I don't know, what do you, what do you call it? Like it doesn't really get old. Yeah, it can get old to for like us because we because we know the formula by now, right? But there's so many way, ways how you can like change the formula, right? It's in a way, it's kind of like it feels like the perfect genre for a culture like Japan because it's like it's very it's very modular. It's almost like a there's kind of like a, a mathematical quality to Isekai because it's always like, okay, we have our main character. He goes to another world, but blank, 
Like, but he has a cell phone, but his mom comes with him. Yeah. But he's a slime. Like, yeah. And it's like, it's like a really easy formula. Like, like it's like kind of like low effort, but high, like high creative possibilities. Yeah. And then they take their knowledge or whatever, and then like implement it in their world. And then like slowly their world starts changing and then they become rich or whatever yeah they become super like successful in some way or other usually like like ascendance of a bookworm was like that it was like she has she like read so many books and then she died and then she came was like in a world with no books so she starts to try and make a book and she's she has all these like things in her head about like different um items and um this one guy comes along and like tries to like sell her ideas and stuff. And they become super popular. So, so yeah. Yeah. So um, kind of isekai. Isekai. In that's kind of like how like isekai works. Yeah. So yeah. And that like, I'm kind of like in the same boat with you. Like, I mean, I, I probably became aware of it even later in the day. Like I think the first time I heard isekai like as a genre was, I think when slime season one came out. Oh, and you, because I was with you guys at our at our super cool group that we used to to host on the weekends. Yeah, because um, we were the hippest people on the block. Yeah, <laughs> but, too bad. Too bad we don't do that anymore. Yeah, yeah. So I remember, like, because I think like we were like doing like a, a season preview that time, and like, oh hey, uh, th- that time I got reincarnated as a slime. It's one of those isekai shows, and I was like, oh, what is this? This looks dumb. <laughs> What is this isekai nonsense? So, like, I was, like, really late to the game on that. And I kind of, like, and I had kind of, like, a negative opinion because I don't like popular things. You might find this surprising. <laughs> yeah, you don't like popular things at all. And so, everyone's talking about how cool it is. Like, oh, I don't like it then. I'm going to watch a Sobiaso Basse instead. Sobiaso Basse was really good, though. It was uh, good, but that's a different conversation. Um, I don't think that was a good season. like 2018 whatever that was yeah but anyway anyway so yeah that was kind of like my initial reaction was like yeah it's becoming popular it's probably terrible yeah but like i and actually probably just like last couple of months i've been like kind of coming around to it i've kind of accepted it for the stupidity it often is and i'm okay with it now i've come to have acceptance for it but where did isekai come from and why is it taking over the world. Uh, what are the signs of an isekai? How can you protect your family from it? Um, well, should you look both ways before crossing the road? Yes. <laughs> always. That is the first so, mistake of these MCs. Yeah. <laughs> they don't check where they're walking. Yeah. And don't overwork yourself. And like, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Don't make idle comments about how like you've never been happier and that you'd hate for your life to change in any sudden or unexpected way. Yeah. That's also a bad thing to do. <laughs> um, or going about how your life is just absolutely terrible and like. Yeah. Yeah. Don't be too happy, but also don't be too miserable. Yeah. Watch out for cars. Sometimes bombs are also, I mean, just good luck with that, I guess. Get under your, like your, your desk, duck and cover, whatever. Yeah. And when you're like waiting for the train, stand way behind. Yeah, they, they don't let line. somebody push you in front of a train. <laughs> yes. <laughs> this is, these are all be, these are like all like beginner mistakes. Yes. How to like not get isekai'd. Yep. Anyway. So we're going to go, 
way back to start because I like history. And so we're going to start with like, this is, this is you and your element. Yeah. I, <laughs> I like researching these things. So, uh, the earliest known isekai, at least as far as like Jap- Japan is concerned. I mean, like isekai is a genre is like all over the world, by the way, like, like Japan has definitely made millions of dollars with it, but this is like a very common trope in folklore. But there's probably the oldest known uh, Japanese folklore regard, regarding an isekai-like story. I mean, the earliest written version of the story is like from like 800 AD, I think. What? I, th- I, th- I think. That's like, although I think the, the popular version of the story didn't really for, like fully uh, formulate until like like 300 years ago. But it's the tale of Urashima Taro. Which Urashima, that's an interesting name. That's the same name of the Urashima pro- Taro. Yeah, that's Urashima is the same name of the protagonist from Love Hina. I don't know if there's a reason for that. Anyway. Uh coincidences. Urashima Taro. Love Hina is a uh, it's a great show. <laughs> On I we have to we have to talk about the Akamatsu verse because that's a real thing. Like his yeah, in, anyway. Anyway. We're, so, yeah. we're getting ahead of ourselves. So, yeah, this is the tale of Urashima Taro, who was a fisherman that uh, while out fishing one day, he rescues a turtle that had been like caught in his net, which I mean, I don't know if this is really rescuing if you're just like releasing something that you caught, but apparently it counted as rescuing it. So the turtle is thankful and it grabs like his, his shirt or his pants or something like drags him underwater. because that's what you do when you're thankful. And it takes him away to live in the dragon palace with the sea queen, Otohime. And for some reason, she's super thankful that he saved this random turtle. And she's like, Hey, you can live in the palace with me. And like, they fall in love and he spends like, I think he spends like three days there. He's like, this place is great. He's like, but I kind of want to see my family and tell them goodbye before I live here forever. And she's like, ah, you don't want to do that. He's like, no, I do. So she's like, all right, you can go back. We have to take this box with you but don't open the box. And so he, he goes back up to shore with his box and everything looks completely different. And eventually he figures out that he's been gone for a hundred years in those like three days that he was like under, underwater, like everybody he knows has died. Nobody recognizes him and he's kind of bummed and he's like, he's getting ready to like turn around and like head back to the sea to, to go be with Otohime but he can't resist the urge to open the box that she gave him. Oh, no. And so he opens the box because he's like, what did she even give me? And uh, apparently the box contained uh, his age that she had been like magically keeping and like protecting him from while he was under the water. And so he ages a hundred years and a couple of minutes and dies. That's the end. That's sad. <laughs> it's a sad story. And the moral is to not save turtles. They're for eating. <laughs> Okay, so don't say turtles and don't look inside boxes. Yeah. Yeah, this is kind of like the earliest known like Japanese isekai because he goes to the other world. He goes to like an otherworldly like underwater kingdom. And there's consequences for that. Yeah. Um, I don't really know what the moral was supposed to be actually because usually there's like some kind of a reason or something to it. But, but that's like the earliest known story of that kind. And so then we can fast forward a while. I don't know. So, so, so it's dumb that he, like, the, the Otohime chick, like, they fell in love, but then, uh, 
that's that's some love to be like, oh, here's all your age in a box. Don't open it. Don't open yeah. this box. Don't open it. Yeah, I don't. This, this box will kill you. Yeah, that's, I don't there's know. some love right there. You know, that's a whole other topic we talk about, like boxes and folklore. Boxes never have good things, but Except also chocolate fingers. They can have chocolate fingers. <laughs> Debatably good. <laughs> Personally, I think it'd be way better to give them to your friend and not tell them they're at, like they're eatable fingers. Just give them the box of fingers and then just like eat one in front of him yeah. and freak him out. Anyway, yeah, boxes never contain anything good. And also the box giver, always a douchebag, quite frankly. Yeah. Never tell you what's in the box. They just say, don't open it. Like it's, it's bad planning. But anyway, so that's Japan's earliest known folklore. But before we can get into the we can say that the modern Japanese isekai started in like 1976. But before that, I want to take a brief detour into European isekai. European isekai. Yeah. So, and actually, I mean, this is kind of like West. It's probably better to say Western isekai. Why do you have so much notes? I have, Chris is looking at my notebook. Phone. I have a physical notebook of notes, guys. I am ready for this. <laughs> um, but anyway, so. Now, this is this is fascinating. So there's there's actually a genre of fiction, which I didn't realize this is what it's called. There's a genre of fiction in the Western Hemisphere called portal fantasy. Portal fantasy. And the gist of portal fantasy is that the main character or protagonist or whatever goes from the regular world to another world. Yeah, they isei to a different kai. Um, <laughs> um, and they have adventures there. And there's... So just uh, list some examples of portal fantasy that you probably are aware of. Alice in Wonderland, classic isekai that Japan is also in love with. Like every anime always has like an Alice in Wonderland spinoff thing. Or an Alice in Wonderland reference. Yeah, always. I think there uh, was even an anime that was like the Pandora Hearts anime. Oh, so it was like that was very, Alice Al- Al- yeah, very sure. Alice in Wonderland. Yeah, so like Alice in Wonderland's a big one. Uh, Wizard of Oz, classic. Um, the first American fairy tale. That's a fun historical fact. Was it? Yeah. It is, it's the first published like fairy tale from America. Oh, first published one. Yeah. Interesting. So that's a fun a fun thing. Uh, Peter Pan, another example. Uh, Wendy Darling gets whisked away to Neverland, where they never grow old. But she also has to put up with a bunch of kids who are eternally children, which is probably terrible. <laughs> Probably why she comes back anyway. <laughs> yeah. Because dealing with a bunch of nine-year-olds for the rest of your life is just the worst. Yeah. Um, Chronicles of Narnia, classic isekai. Oh, yeah. And I'm sure uh, C.S. Lewis is rolling over in his grave because it's being referred to as that. Um, yeah. Uh, Dante's Inferno, technically an isekai. Dante's Inferno. Isn't that this is, the one with this... Seven layers of hell. Everywhere. Yeah, this is the story of Dante is wandering through the forest when suddenly he, um, this uh, this angelic figure appears before him, and he re- he recognizes as like a friend of his who had died, and his friend's like, "Hey, I am here to give you a tour of hell." And so then he like drags him into like a nearby cave, and then they go into hell. And it's mostly just Dante fantasizing about people he wants to suffer have suffer because he hates a lot of people in his life he was a bitter mm-hmm. guy but somehow it's classic like fiction now even though it was basically just a guy classic literature yeah it's classic literature even though he was really just living out like revenge fantasies in his head but you know whatever <laughs> um, 
And then this is one I just kind of threw on the end because I really love this. Uh, this is a children's story called The Phantom Tollbooth. Phantom Tollbooth. That sounds familiar. Um, if you're if you grew up in America, there's a good chance this was like required reading for you, like in middle school or junior high. But it's basically the story of this kid who uh, pat like this like weird toll booth appears in his room, and he like he like pays fifty cents to walk through it, and then suddenly like he's like in this like different world where like logic is all wonky and stuff, and it's mostly just like like a super meta story about like kind of like the education system, I guess. And like everything that's wrong with it. It was like written back in the fifties. Okay. <laughs> but it's, it's a fun story because uh, we don't have to get into it, but he goes to another world. It's a fun story. You guys should read it. It's one of my favorites, but yeah. Phantom Tollbooth. Phantom Tollbooth. I remember like some, uh, remember the, uh, magic school bus books. Yeah. Kind of isekai. That was an isekai. Yeah. There's lots of isekai happening and Arnold didn't like any of it. Yeah. <laughs> I, I vaguely remember those books. Like I, vaguely, I loved. See, for me, it was always like substitute teacher day, and they're like, "Well, I don't know how to teach science. We're going to watch Magic School Bus for the whole day." Yeah, it was the best. So, I remember. I remember re- just like reading the books. Like that's like that's like all I would do is like read the books. There, it was good, good stuff. The new one was terrible. Don't watch it. Netflix version. There was a Netflix version. Yeah, it's terrible. Mm-hmm. They're like, you know, it'd be great. If we make all the characters act exactly the same and also no more Miss Frizzle because she's too edgy. But Miss Frizzle is the best. Yeah. Apparently she was like, I think they decided she was like sexist or something for some reason. What? I don't know how. They're like, yeah, we can't have a woman be like independent and bold. That's offensive. <laughs> <laughs> like, so, I don't know, it, it was terrible. Don't watch that. Watch the one from the 90s or was it 80s? And anyway, that's that's Portal Fantasy. Portal Fantasy. Okay. Now we're going to hop back across the pond to Japan. And also a couple of continents, I think, are in the way. But uh, yes. so Very interesting. Yeah, I like it. Uh, so the first recognized uh, modern Japanese isekai was a novel written in 1976. And you'll never guess what it was called. Bleach? I wish. <laughs> no, it was... <laughs> Have it. It's. I mean, it, it kind of might as well be. It's called Warrior from Another World. Oh, yeah. Is it a Yusha no Isekai? Was the title of the book? But was it like an opposite Isekai? Did the, like a warrior get translated to our world, or was it the opposite? No, it's it's a, it's actually. Let me hear it. I'll give you the description of it. Okay. But so it's about a high schooler who is summoned to a fantasy world. And there he must use a magic sword to fight the demon king and save the land. Oh, so it is basic isekai. It is the isekai story. But this was 1976, so it was the only isekai story, so he won. <laughs> <laughs> and by, actually, this, I thought this was actually really cool. This, is, this was one of the debut works for Haruko Takachito. Um, that name probably is not immediately familiar to people, but this is the guy who created uh, the anime Dirty Pair. Or he wrote the manga Dirty Pair which Chris is no. still shaking his head at me. No, I never heard of that. Okay. So a uh, next episode we're doing, we're going to do, this is actually, I, I do really want to do this. Uh, the girls with guns genre of the nineties, the girls with guns genre. I, yeah. I don't even know what this genre is a, that is. This is a genre that's died because it's, I think they ran out of ways to put girls with guns, but back in like the late eighties, early nineties, there was like a million anime made where the whole concept was, here's a girl 
and she has a gun and that's the show. <laughs> but, okay. but the dirty pair is kind of like one of like the, the original girls with guns shows. Um, it's about this, this, uh, they're, they're like the, it's like a cop pair, like mercenary girls, like the love, they call themselves the lovely angels, but they cause so much property damage. Everyone calls them the dirty pair instead. Okay. But, uh, if you've actually, if you've ever watched, um, was it panting stocking with garter belt? That's basically modern dirty pair. I remember, uh, a show called, uh, gunslinger girl. That's probably girls with guns. <laughs> Yeah, like, I remember that. Like, there's a ton. There's like a uh, Noane, uh, Nagika. I'm trying to think, there's there's a bunch of like just yeah. yeah like, I'm, I'm um, sure I think Bubblegum Crisis could be argued as one. Sort of online. Gun Gale alternative is definitely girls with guns. Yeah. So I mean, it's it's a genre that's still kind of around, but, but just occasionally. Yeah, I think it really had its heyday in the '90s, and it's yeah. fun because like it's. Like they're not complicated shows. It's mostly just girls running around shooting things. And for some reason they're like, this is the genre. <laughs> this, will, <laughs> this, will, is the, this is the defining genre. Yeah. This will be our generation's like masterworks. Girl and Logan had girls with guns. Yeah. I mean, and I mean the element definitely is still there, but like, I, I think it's going to be really hard to ever again, have a show where it's literally just a girl with a gun. Cause it's been done a thousand times. Yeah. And it can only make it so interesting. But anyway, so that's, that was entirely unrelated, but I thought that was really cool because I like the dirty pair a lot. And so the fact that this guy also wrote the very first Isekai is super fascinating. Is that a, is that dirty pair? Does it have an anime? Uh, yeah, there is an anime. Um, there's dirty pair, the original, which is the best one. A uh, dirty pair flash was like early two thousands. Not remake. quite it. Kind of a remake, kind of a sequel. It's, I guess it's more like a, kind of like an alternate version. Cause they kind of changed up some things. It's kind of like a, a more modern ish retelling. I mean, it's still, still good. I liked the original more though. Cause it's, it's more comedy in the original, by the way, they're fun. I think you can watch them. They're available around. Yeah. But anyway, I check them out if you want. They're kind of fun, fun old show. So that is the first. And of course that's just, that was a novel. So we have yet to see the crossover into real proper anime, but that happens in this next one I want to talk about. So the, the first official isekai anime was from 1983. This was created by Yoshiyuki Tomino, uh, same guy that created Gundam. So that's kind of cool. He, you know, invented Mecha and then casually animated the first isekai while he was, you know, had a free weekend. Yeah. <laughs> But this show was called Ara Battler Dunbine. I kind of feel like it probably hasn't aged super well because that's pretty early 80s. Like it probably, yeah, it might look nice because it's Sunrise Studios, which fun, like. Sunrise usually makes things really well. Yeah, Sunrise is pretty good. Um, And because everything has to track back to him, uh, Yoshiyuki uh, started work at Mushi Productions with Osamu Tezuka before... Moving on to Sunrise Studios, which one of the first projects he did with them, he did Gundam, and then he did Ara Battler Dunbine. So that's just the tie-in to have Osamu Tezuka show up in our Isekai episode, because he has to. Yeah. You could probably talk about Phoenix and say that might be Isekai. Yeah, Choto. Choto. But anyway, 
Uh, Battle of Dunebine. Not much to say about it. Um, it's a fantasy isekai, but they all have mecha because it's Yoshiyuki <laughs> and he has to have mecha in his shows. Mecha is good. But it's kind of like, it's like a weird organic mecha because basically they're summoned. Uh, these high schoolers are summoned to this other world and they find out that they have like, for whatever reason, they have like, they have like this innate, like a magical power within them that lets them uh, control these like insectoid monsters from inside. And so they get themselves uh, gooped inside an insect body and they can pilot it. And it's kind of so like it's fantasy mecha, I guess. Which sounds kind of different and interesting. But so that's that is like the first official isekai where it's like these three or four high schoolers that go to this other world to help fight, to help this kingdom fight against this this wicked army of things. So there you go. And then then the the starts to get more uh, popular. Not for a while, honestly. And this is actually where this is where things get kind of interesting because I guess for a long time, isekai was more of a a genre for girls. Um, which we'll kind of get into that a little bit because, um, a lot of like they tended to have like this like really strong romantic element to them for a long time. Oh, um, so it's like very shoujo-y. But so the next one we get into, and this one is actually kind of an example of that. In 1985, uh, Kunihiko Uyama, who went on to be the director for like every Pokemon thing ever. Like, I think the guy is still doing it. This is like one of his early projects. But uh, Leda, The Fantastic Adventures of Yoko, which I want to watch this so bad, but it's like impossible to find. It was only ever released on VHS, but it's got like the best story ever. Um, basically, um, the main girl, Yoko, she, she like writes this song for a boy she likes. And then she like, she like trans, transfers it onto uh, a Walkman so that she can like play it for him. Um, but in the process of like playing the song on her Walkman, it creates a magic portal that sends her to another world. What? Like her song was so good. (laughs) It creates magic. Um, okay. And so she comes to this other world, which is basically just like a medieval world, but then she has the magic Walkman of teleportation. Okay. And it's immediately stolen by like the big bad. And he wants to use it for evil to take over the planet. And so it's, it's an isekai about a girl uh, fighting for her Walkman so that she can show the song to the boy she likes. And what is this called? Uh, Leda, the fantastic adventures of Yoko. Okay. <laughs> it's just, it was like a one shot movie, but it sounds so ridiculous and awesome. <laughs> Cause like, I just love the fact that like, I mean, you could argue this is like the first uh, example of Isekai where they bring technology with them. Yeah. So like a smartphone in my other world. Yeah. This is the original smartphone in another world, except it's a Walkman because <laughs> it's the eighties. <laughs> Gotta so, have your Walkman with you. Yeah. <laughs> and what a brand deal that must've been too. Cause I think it's that, I think it's like literally like, <laughs> Just a branded Walkman. But anyway. I'm I'm curious. Maybe I'll try looking for it. It's probably around it. It's probably a bit tricky to find, but yeah, so that's uh that's Leda anyway. Another very early on Isekai. And like I'm kind of just like I'm trying to like hit highlights as far as like 
because like there starts to become like so many isekai that it's hard to talk about all of them. So I'm mostly just going to hit on the ones that I like or that did something like, or the ones that like did something like historically significant for the genre. So the next one I want to talk about is from 1988, uh, Masin Hiro Wataru from Sunrise Studio again. Um, this is about a nine-year-old boy who is uh, summoned to a fantasy world by a dragon. And the dragon's like, please save our world. And for some reason, the nine-year-old was the most qualified to do it. Um, (laughs) That's how it be. But this one is uh, kind of significant because this is the first time that, I mean, this was like a comedy series and the big gag is that the fantasy world is very RPG-esque. Like everything has like levels and like it's got like all like the very like classic like fan like RPG like items and like flag events that they do. Like it's very much like poking fun of like Final Fantasy and Dragon Quest and stuff at the time. And so it's kind of like the first one to do like video game like Isekai. Although the very next one I want to talk about from 1990 by IC by no Ashi Productions. And this was a stupid name. Uh, NG Knights Lamune and 40 is the name. Well, NG Knights Lamune and 40. Okay. Um, and this was, I think it was like a brand deal with like Ramune soda. Cause like everyone in the show has names based off of their drinks, which is weird. I will that admit is weird. unusual premise. So they have the strawberry, yeah. strawberry, a good character. I can't remember. Um, I do know that like his girlfriend's name is Milk and that the main villain is like as close as they could legally get to using the name of like one of their competitors. Um, like I think his name was like Da Cider instead of like Sea Cider or whatever. Oh my gosh. They really like, you know, that's like yeah. the, it's like the KFC uh, dating app. Kind of dating, uh, almost like uh, Sim or whatever it is. But yeah, so this. <laughs> so good. So this time around, um, this was like a really popular series. It had like a hundred episodes or something. A hundred episodes. Well, it had it had series one, which was like fifty episodes, and it was it was so popular. Like three years later, they went back for a series two with another like fifty six episodes. So people liked Lamune and the Forty Nights, whatever it was called. Wow. Um, okay. <laughs> but anyway, so the premise is that uh, Baba Lamune. Just stupid name <laughs> is just is just minding his own business playing video games when all of a sudden he is sucked into the video game through his TV and there he discovers that he has to save the digital inhabitants from uh, the evil Dasider and Don Harumage <laughs> but and it's just it's the first isekai where it's literally a video game he's it's this is the original Sword Art Online I guess okay um, SAO yeah, so in 1990, so a whole 22 years ahead of its time, I guess. Yeah, it feels like there was a lot of those like uh, shows that have been like hidden isekais throughout the years. Right, I think, and we'll we'll get in. Like, I'll tell you because there is a point where like it finally becomes coined as a term for the genre. Yeah. But like for a lot of, for most of the time, these were just this was just like fantasy. They were just fantasy shows. Fantasy shows, yeah. like there they didn't have a subgenre yet for it. Uh, the next one <clears throat> worth talking about, uh, Fushigi Yugi. And this is kind of what I'm talking about. Where like, uh, for the nineties, there's kind of this, 
it's it's really strange in that like a lot of the shows kind of are targeted towards girls. Fushigi Yugi is one of those because it follows two high school girls who are sucked into a book world uh, that's based around Chinese history slash mythology. Oh. Um, and one of the girls starts up a harem of Chinese gods. So this is also reverse harem, technically. Reverse harem fantasy isekai. Hmm. Um, but apparently that Fushigi Yugi is apparently like hugely popular when it came out back in 1992. And like, I don't know if it ever really made it over to America in a big way or like outside of Japan, really. But apparently it was a huge deal. It was like one of like the first big successes for, I guess, isekai, quote unquote. Yeah. Um, and then we have in 1993, Magic Knight, Ray Earth. This is another one that's very uh, shoujo. Uh, three girls are summoned to another world to rescue a princess. Uh, this one's fun because it's Magical Girl Mecca. Um, I mean, I guess there's actually, I guess there's like elements that get really, I guess like it's one of those shows that got like, it didn't quite do like this episode three switcheroo, but apparently the difference from like season one to season two is like pretty drastic. Mm. Like season two is like very dark compared to the season one, but that's, I, I, I'm, I'm really curious about the, uh, doing an episode on the mecha genre. I think me- doing mecha would be fascinating and so much work. Yeah. But I think that would be a fun one to do sometime. Let us know if you want a Mecca episode. You have to email us and or tweet. <laughs> Otherwise, we won't know. So, yeah. Uh, that's Magic Knight Ray Earth. That's another kind of uh, pillar of the 90s isekai. Wasn't that Clamp? I think that was Clamp. Magic Knight Ray Earth was Tokyo Movie Shinsha. Although Clamp is associated with it somehow. Cause like, like, I think they wrote the manga. Maybe that's what it is. I think they wrote the manga. Yeah, that sounds like Clamp. Yeah, I saw Clamp was on the Wikipedia wiki page. I forgot to read exactly what it was. I've always but, wanted to watch. I've heard really good things about it. I mean, and it gets, it's got a Blu-ray release. Like, it gets re-released like every five or six years. One day we should do a Clamp episode too. Clamp would be actually probably really good because that's, I mean. Clamp has some like. That's a huge deal. That So many yeah. things have come from Clamp. And I, I'm not really even sure what they've recently been doing. That's a good question. Let us know if you know. <laughs> Let us know if you want a clamp episode. Yeah. <laughs> email email us or messaging us on Twitter. Yeah. <laughs> so, all right. So this this next one I'm going to talk about is my personal favorite from the '90s, and I can already tell that Chris will shake his head at me, but it's fine. Wait, Tom. <laughs> It's not from the 90s, silly. <laughs> Although that, that's an isekai because they come from another world. Oh, no. I knew it. It all comes full circle. It does all come full circle. So we're going to talk about Moetan more today. No. <laughs> but this is so my favorite uh, 90s isekai. Uh, those who hunt elves. Is Chris, do you know this one, Chris? Those who hunt elves. Yeah. You people who know the show usually know right away. This is not a show you casually forget about. Um, basically... I love I because I didn't have to I, I wrote a, a big old description for most of these, but because I actually know the show really well for my summary for the show, I just wrote four soldiers, one tank, no mercy. Um, basically, uh, these four soldiers from uh, the Japanese uh, army, like I can't remember what they called. It's like the JPDF or something like that, whatever. Um, anyway, so it's like these four soldiers. Uh, it's like three guys and a girl. Uh, they're out doing a training mission in their tank when all of a sudden 
they like fall through a big hole and end up in like a fantasy world full of elves and uh, their magical creatures. What? <laughs> this and, does not sound sounds like genre whiplash. Like, yeah. So, so yeah, they're uh, they're in this fantasy world. They got a tank, and they uh, in another world with my tank. It is. It's in another world with my tank. It's <laughs> the show is so good. Um, let's see if I can keep a straight face to explain this. Okay, so the first thing they do is they like they attack an elf village because they want to figure out how to get home. And so this girl's like, hey, if you stop blowing up my peop- my friends, I'll, I'll draw a circle and help you get back. Yeah. And so, but in the process of like, of like drawing out like the, whatever, like symbol, symbolism, like thing she needs to write on the ground. Um, like another explosion happens. I can't remember if it's from the, it's probably from the tank. Like something explodes and it blasts the symbol across the whole planet. And she's like, sorry, that's the only one I had <laughs> kind of thing. So and, they have to go around and get it. So they have to go around and find the pieces of like this, like this, like magic cir- circle, basically, and reassemble it, and then they can go home with it. The catch is that for convenient reasons, uh, these the pieces of the symbol have at- have attached themselves to the bodies of elves, and so they basically have to like travel the world and like force people to strip so they can search for the pieces of the symbol. <laughs> What? And so it's this glorious series about these four people in a tank just harassing innocent elves for no real reason. What? <laughs> it's so good. It's yeah. such an absurd show. I that love sounds it. Sounds so bad. I actually I bought the Blu-ray for this because it got a release recently. Really? It's, it was. Is worth it like on its way, or do you have? It I, I think I have it on the shelf over there. I can show it to you. I, I want to see it. Yeah, those who hunt elves. It's. Wait, wait. Let's pause. I want to see it. I want to see it right now. Oh boy. So it's the the one guy and the two girls in the tank. Or is there another guy? I think there's four of them total. I could be wrong. Like four? Maybe. maybe Two guys, one girl? Two guys, one girl, maybe. I wrote it. I got it wrong then. But it's, it's been like 10 years since I've actually watched it. But I assume it's still just as good as it is in my head. And it's only rated TV PG. So it's. Totally fine. It's like it's like one of those like fan service shows, like back when fan service wasn't really that you buy. Yeah. Like the censoring is always like super convenient. Like, like it's not it's not like the dumb ones where it's like the the no, it, the ray of light. No, it's always like really fun. Like fun. Like usually it's like the barrel of their gun is like covering the chest or whatever like or like some like whatever other random things but it's such a great show oh boy i cannot want to see it yeah it's i mean and considering it's like early mid 90s like it still holds up pretty well yeah. it doesn't look so bad anyway yeah so i if you ever if you only watch one isekai from this episode watch those who hunt elves we'll, we'll take a picture of it with asana <laughs> perfect <laughs> It's it's worth it, guys. So uh, back on track with shows that actually made a difference in the genre, because yeah. that one is mostly just for me being happy. <laughs> um, I, I'm, I'm glad you said something because it's interesting. No, yeah, Isekai is so many fun different things, but okay. The next one, oh, I, I I guess I lied. This other one is also a bit of an indulgence, but this is actually this is uh, 
I'd say this one's like somewhat significant to the history, but it's also one I just enjoy a lot. Uh, El Hazard, El Hazard, which I don't know if you've, because this is one that a mutual friend introduced me to. Like he showed me like the first OVA episode, and I went out and watched the rest because I enjoyed it. Uh, this is from uh, Pioneer, nineteen ninety five. Uh, this is like uh, isekai slash time travel kind of, I guess. But uh, three high school students and uh, their alcoholic teacher are summoned to a fantasy world. Uh, upon arrival, they all acquire like kind of like oddly specific powers of one kind or another. Um, and then they have to help the kingdom fight against the army of darkness that's encroaching on their land. Um, pretty fun. It's very comedy focused. Uh, this one's kind of harder to explain because like the main character spends most of the, the show uh, pretending to be like having to pretend to be the princess. So he's dressed up as the princess for most of the show because she's been kidnapped, but they don't want anyone to know that she's been kidnapped. What? <laughs> and so he has to be the princess for most of the series. Okay. Uh, the teacher finds out that as long as he's sober, he has like, he's like the strongest person on the planet, but he has to be sober, which he can't ever do for like more than two minutes. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Like they all kind of like, like through the course, like the OVAs, they all kind of realize they have, like they gained these abilities from popping over. They realize that there's like all these like crazy things that it's like it, the way they get summoned is like really random and weird. And it's not even really explained how it happened until like the very end. But it's like surprisingly good story. Like, like they're like, it's like half silly, half serious, but El Hazard really, really fun one. It's not as uh, out and out ridiculous as those who hunt elves, but yeah, it's, I think El Hazard is authentically like regarded pretty highly as like a good isekai show. So that's one worth checking out. And then I just want to toss out a couple more real quick just before we start getting into the meat. Uh, so just to finish out the 90s, uh, Digimon, Isekai, Facts. They go to the Digiworld all the time. Digiworld, Digimon. Yeah, Digital Monsters. Never. I've, I never got into that. Digimon was the one I always wanted to get into, but I didn't have the channel. I didn't have cable. It's like, so I, I could only ever watch Yu-Gi-Oh! and Pokemon. But I, I, I always wanted Digimon so bad because it looked cool. So, you know, technically an isekai. Technically, uh, I don't know if Digimon was a video, like, if it's like a video game that became real or if it was just like an alternate, like, digital world or something. But isekai. So, Digimon exists. Um, and now we get to post-2000. Um, and this is where things start snowballing, I guess. Well, snowballing slowly. In 2001, um, this a, a little-known studio known as Ghibli releases a film called Spirited Away. And this is the first uh, isekai to become like a worldwide phenomenon because everybody loved this movie, and I really don't get why. But Do I don't like... Do like, you not like Spirited Away? It's it's fine. I think I saw it. I don't think I was in the right attitude when I saw it because that movie, like if you're not ready for Spirited Away, it's a very weird movie. 
it is kind of a weird movie. Because, I mean, I watched it when I was like 10. And so like the, the sequence of events are pretty, like they don't, like if you don't understand anime, it's a very bizarre movie because one minute they're like, they're like driving down the road and then suddenly they're like, hey, here's like this like bar covered in food. Let's eat the food. Oh no, we're turning into pigs. Oh no, there's a bathhouse that's like a mile tall. And if you don't understand Japanese culture, none of that makes sense. <laughs> and even now, like that I do have the cultural understanding, it's still a very strange movie. When was the last time you saw it? <sighs> Probably since like high school. I kind of want to see it again. Just because it's, I don't know. Like, I mean, it's different impressions on it, I guess. Right. I would love to rewatch some of the Ghibli movies, actually. That'd be a fun thing to do sometime. But anyway, yeah. So anyway, spirited away was a isekai. Yeah, isekai. It's the first one to be recognized worldwide as like a big deal. Um, obviously, this is not yet the time where isekai is come into its own, but we're getting there. Because next, and this is another personal indulgence. Uh, two thousand two dot hack comes out. I've heard about these, but I've never seen them. Yeah. So dot hack is a whole franchise, like. It's kind of impossible to in, enjoy all the content because wasn't this one just a just a basically an MMO uh, video game? Yeah, so this is not really an isekai. Well, I don't know if you'd call it an isekai. Yeah, so this is this is essentially uh, Sword Art Online ten years early. Because here's I mean, and here's the other thing. So Dot Hack, in order to get the full context of the story, it's a it's. There are many separate anime series. There are many video games. There are many manga. And you kind of have to read all of it to get the full context. But, uh, I mean, I guess just for simplicity's sake, we'll talk about, I think, dot hack slash slash sign. Wasn't that one the most highly well-regarded one? Yeah, it's the original one. It's kind of the best one. Uh, the The context is that there is an MMORPG called The World. And yeah, it's just a big old virtual reality video game. And the main character is playing one day when suddenly he realizes that he can't log off. That he's somehow stuck in the world. And he's he's the only one that's stuck. Like everyone else is still able to like log in and out. But he gets like trapped in the game. And that's kind of like that's like the, the original series is like focused around like this guy and trying to figure out like what's happening. And there's always like crazy insanity. And, and so it's like, it becomes a thing of like, it's like, is he actually in the game? Is like, did somebody like kidnap him? Oops. Like it's, it, it gets pretty interesting and wild, but so that's kind of like uh, the original dot hack. Um, and then there's a whole bunch of other series that were never quite as good. Like, I mean, I haven't seen all of them. There's so many, but because there's a Legend of the Twilight, there's Sign, there's Code, there's, uh, I think Origin was one maybe, but anyway. Just a lot. There's a ton of them. But it's a cool series. It was Sword Art Online, but just 10 years too early. It didn't quite seem, it didn't quite hit the mark for some reason. Like, the world, like, because it's, it's weirdly similar in a lot of ways. But for some reason, it just didn't quite take off the way Sword Art Online did. Yeah. 
Like, and there's probably a couple of simple reasons for it, but we can get to that later. Um, I think, uh, yeah, we could get into it later. So I think there, there's a few things that sort of like got kind of lucky with, but so anyway, so that was 2002 with dot hack. The next thing, and this one's actually a really big deal. It, and this is probably a show that not even a lot of people, and this is probably people like one that people are like vaguely aware of, but in 2004, JC staff releases the familiar of zero. Familiar of zero. Yes. I remember I, I was going to watch this. This was on my plan to which, plan to watch list for ages. Yeah. I never got around to it. Yeah. So don't worry. I'll spoil it all for you right now. Okay. Thank you. No, <laughs> yeah, and, and you'll notice I've been trying really hard to like not be too spoilery this time. Like, cause I mean, these are all kind of pillars are worth, I think I'd, I'd say most of the ones we've, I've talked about have been the ones that are worth checking out. Yeah. At least if they sound interesting to you, uh, the familiar zero pretty historically significant 2004. Uh, and no one's entirely sure exactly when it happened, but sometime between 2004, 2009 is when isekai as a genre word was coined. And it's mostly thanks to familiar of zero because, um, I mean, I guess just to be super quick, uh, with the story is, uh, zero, I believe refers to the girl. I think she's the, she's kind of the main character. Um, she goes to a magic school and in the process of summoning a familiar who will be her like a uh, companion instead of summoning like an animal mascot or like a powerful warrior or something the way everyone else did. She somehow summons some random guy from Japan and he is just as upset as she is about it because <laughs> <laughs> he's contracted to like, like literally like fight other things or like actually supposed to be in magical fights but he is not okay um so it's it's a fun show but and this is what this is not one i've really watched either that's just like the the summary that i read but the big deal with it is that this was a huge show in japan like i guess it hit just the right level of like rom-com with like shonen which is kind of big at the time yeah and it wasn't uh the main character uh main girl um one of the tsundere ones i think so she was very tsundere yeah she was voiced by the same person who does tsundere voices yes i mean it definitely had it had like all the right uh things to be like i mean i don't know how big it ever got outside of japan but it was a big deal inside japan to the point where like uh um a familiar of zero fan fiction was like its own like it kind of became its own category like on um there's a website called Naro, which is basically like Japan's version of fanfic dot uh, what is it, fanfic.org or whatever that we have here. Yeah. That I occasionally frequent. Oh my um, gosh. Don't worry about it. <laughs> I don't want to know these things. So anyway, um so yeah, on Naro, it got to be like one of the biggest categories, I guess, was writing a fanfic based off of like Familiar Zero. Uh this is when we get things like uh uh, was it Tape Naga Negatsuki? I can't read my own handwriting. Uh, he wrote a bunch of fanfic for it. This is kind of like where he got his start. And this is the guy that went on to write ReZero, like his own isekai, basically. Hmm. And you can tell because Familiar Zero, ReZero, almost the same story. 
and, well, it has zero in the name in it. Yeah. So obviously it's the same story. Yeah. I mean, he wasn't that creative. I mean, it's even like re zero, like, you know, zero again, like lazy. Re zero is, is really good. No, yeah. I'm, I'm kidding, obviously, but, um, so yeah, that's kind of a big deal. And there's, there's a bunch of other authors that kind of got big around this time because it went from just like familiar zero fanfic to people just, uh, this is about when I think, I think this is also not, oh, maybe this is a different website, but it got, this is about when, uh, the internet, um, you could start like publishing like stuff you wrote online for other people to read for free kind of a thing. And, uh, web, like web novels. That's what these are. What are you laughing over there for? No, I just remembered something. It was just like, you will never find it. But there's actually a piece of fiction that I wrote on one of those websites. Oh boy. <laughs> Guys, I haven't owned a guy. You need, need to hunt something down off of the internet. It's really bad. I, I don't know if I removed it all. I remember I went through and tried to find it all and like remove it all. <laughs> so it was really bad. Oh boy. I need to find out what Chris was doing with his, with his youth. So yeah, it's about like from like 2004 to 2009, um, on Naro, um, a lot of people started writing like web novels <clears throat> that had this kind of idea, like the isekai stuff. And that's about when it started, like Naro put an isekai category on the website. And that's kind of about when it became like a somewhat official thing. Yeah. So, so that's kind of going on. So like isekai is kind of like, and at this point, like it's a thing, but it's like kind of underground thing. Cause if you're reading web novels, you're not bragging about it to your friends. Um, yeah. This is, this is the sad part of the otaku culture once you're writing your own fanfic, but it's fine. Uh, so yeah, then 2012, the stage is set and a one pictures is like, we want to make a billion dollars this year. So they release a anime called Sword Art Online. Yes. SAO. Which I think, uh, Chris, could you explain why this show is so popular and good? Um, I think it has to do with a couple of things. I think for one, it came at the right time. It came um, during a time when people were being more open to anime. Um, anime was becoming more mainstream with Attack on Titan. Oh, yeah. And because uh, I believe it came after Attack on Titan, I want to say. I think you're right. Like, I think with like a, I think it was like within a year of each other, but yeah. Yeah. So <coughs> anime was starting to become mainstream. And the, the character designs were on point. And the, the, the characters, well, at least the main character and Asuna here. Um, had good character designs and uh, um, I think that it was just like the perfect combination that it just right. like, fell into place and then became really popular for some reason. Right. Yeah. I, I agree. I think, I think at least, yeah, I think you're right. Like there's like good character designs. Um, it was, it hit that sweet spot of like, uh, like online streaming was starting to become like a real thing. And so anime was becoming like accessible for people who are like less tech savvy. Yeah. But, but curious. Um, yeah. So like what, w- once that like, uh, 
once that like hit and like anime started to take off, um, Sora Online just like blew to the top because everyone was like, "Oh, this is a," because uh, they'd never seen this type of show before. And Isekai, like right? This. Yeah, it was it was brand new to you know it was like one of those things like it's new to me like yeah because a lot of people like had never watched anime before. This is the this is the one that a lot of people just kind of casually checked out. Yeah, it's what they got what got them into it. Yeah, they don't they don't know about the old stuff like dot hacker, right? Anything other than that, right? Yeah, the the old stuff isn't online yet, or at least it's not online in a way that the average person would find. Yeah. Um, and actually, I remember uh, I was at a like a because I am also a nerd. I was at an anime convention a couple of years ago. And I attended a panel where the guy's central thesis was how uh, Sword Art Online was like super good, and he was he like rented like an hour of the of the convention time to passionately defend it on stage. It was really fun. Were there people there that were like, no? I mean, I think at that point people were like, like it wasn't quite the meme that it had become. Like I think. It was still like back and forth, like, no, it's really good though. But, and there's like a small number of people like, ah, it's not that good though. It isn't that good. <laughs> but, <laughs> but I remember like the way he was arguing it, like, cause like he was talking about season one and the reason it's such a big deal is cause like, like the first, I'd say like the first like three or four episodes do a really good job of building like an amazing potential story because like episode one kind of sets up with like all this like, kind of like sets up the plot and there's like a lot of tension with it because it's like they're all trapped. They could die for real. The stakes are high. Like it's like this like very dark sudden turn. And like next couple episodes, I do a pretty good job of like solidifying that idea. Cause like the stakes are high. People are dying. Like Kirito isn't quite yet the all powerful Kirito that he becomes. Although he sort of is from the start, but he always is. Yeah. And that's his one characteristic. Yeah. But like, it's like the show starts off with like, like a really good premise. And while I think a lot of people are start of the opinion that it doesn't really deliver on that promise. It doesn't. Um, it's, I mean, it is kind of a fact that like those first two episodes, like it sucks you in with the promise and if you're on the hype, then you believe that it delivered on the promise. But if you're not on the hype, then you don't like it. But that's a big thing. I think it's also part of it. It's just like as it was releasing, because it was one of those anime that people could like watch it week to week. Yeah. And so people were able to hype each other. So there's a lot of power in public opinion. <laughs> and so yeah. if, en- if enough people are saying it's good, the rest of the people will also believe it. And And it goes the other way too. Like say a show say a few people decide a show is bad and they start publicly saying it's bad and then else else will kind of go on the same train and be like, Oh yeah, that show is bad. So let's all vote against it and make it 25th place on ANN's best and worst every week. You're just still salty about that. I'm I'm projecting a little bit. You are projecting, (laughs) but (laughs) not a little bit, a lot. (laughs) It's fine. I have bias and I admit it. Unlike those stupid critics. (laughs) But yeah, uh, uh, after seeing like, I, I know I've talked about this before. I think I don't know yeah, if I, talk- I think I can't remember what you did a rant on it a little bit before, probably during yeah. the big sad. 
Yeah, I, I don't want to like talk about it a whole lot, but after seeing like all of Sword Online has to offer, like it's just it's not worth your time. <laughs> yeah. Chris is just like casually strangling my Asuna figure while he talks about it. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but it, it just, it, 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 I think uh, the case with, uh, with uh, the show is mm-hmm. that it could have gone so much better. I think it would have been like a really high tier show if it was written by a better, better person. Right. I mean, that's, that's kind of fair. And I mean, I, know, I guess no hate against the original creator, but it's clearly a show where like, I think it's, it's gone on longer than he probably thought he would get. Yeah. And so he's trying to just keep it up as much as he can. Just trying to ride that train to the end. Yeah. But, but yeah, Sora online, it, it, uh, I'll give it credit that it really did, uh, stir off a lot of, uh, it's still very controversial. It's a very controversial show, but uh, I understand its popularity. Yeah. So, and yeah, and this is, I mean, this is undeniably the show that, I mean, it exploded the isekai genre. I mean, and honestly, it kind of exploded anime. Yeah. Like this, like this show, Attack on Titan. Like this was like when anime like became like anime was like a thing, but then anime became like just a legitimate, like a legitimate genre. Yeah. If you were to ask me like what were like the top three anime that like kind of like exploded or like have like changed the anime industry, I would you know, in like overseas, um, I would probably say, well, if I were to choose four. The top of my head, I would choose uh, Attack on Titan, Sword Art Online, uh, Demon Slayer, and uh, probably ReZero. Mm. But I don't, I don't, I don't uh, uh, ReZero can be, be pulled out of there. Yeah, I mean, I mean, ReZero has been big within the anime community. I don't know that it's fully broken out. Because, like, the reason why I say ReZero is because um, there's so much of that that waifu war. Oh sure. That, uh, that's that, what that's what brings popularity and what brings talk, and then like figures start being made. And then you like look on Tokyo Takamoto or anything. There's and like you see like so many ReZero figures. Yeah, there's like fifty Rams and three Rams. Yeah, it's unfair. So, but I would say those three: um, Sword Art Online, Tech on Titan, and uh, Demon Slayer, were like ones that really like brought the um, the anime industry more popularity as we see yeah. now. Yeah, for sure. Because th- those are all shows where like people who never watch anime will watch those ones. Yeah. And even if they never watch other anime, like those are shows that they're just like kind of accepted as being like, well, it's anime, but it's good. Kind of a thing that people like to do sometimes. Because yeah. generally anime is for kids. Like, yeah. Or those weird people that buy body pillows. Right. Yeah. That's, that's the, it is like two extremes, isn't it? It's like, it's either like, ah, it's stuff for kids or it's like, it's stuff for like those like gross adults, like, yeah. or like weirdos that have like their that's wife like, and body a, pillows. That's another whole episode of yeah. anime stereotypes. Oh man. I hope so. That'd be so much fun. 
there, there's a lot of stereotypes, like the the word weeb. I I, I love using weeb to describe other people. <laughs> like yeah, like throughout the years, the, the that word has changed. Right, it's had different connotations. I, I do miss miss like nobody ever says weeaboo anymore, which I think is a darn shame. That one, that one was. Uh, I remember reading weeaboo stories, <laughs> like crazy, like crazy people who thought they thought they were Japanese. Those were so much fun. Those were like weird stories. I loved it. The guy who like married his body pillow at Vegas. It's good stuff. Or like a guy who was trying to date this one girl who would always like say like nya at the end of her sentences and like. Um, say that she was half Japanese when she was like not. Yeah. <laughs> and how she would just say like random Japanese words all the time. Oh my God. She didn't know the language. For us, yeah. we know the language yeah. for the most part. Yeah. But man, that actually reminds me. And this is, this is a super real thing. I knew a girl in high school. She would say des at the end of everything. Oh, that, that's she, a weave right there. She was in my anime club. Because I was cool even back in high school, guys. <laughs> Were you? Yeah, she... You had an anime club? Yeah, kind of. It was... It was a, it was a weird club, actually. Because, like, it was me, a friend, and then, like, a dozen, like, girls that were, like, way into, like, like shoujo stuff. Yeah. And also that crazy girl that thought she spoke Japanese because she said des. And she'd been to Japan once for a weekend, I think. But yeah, that's what it used to be called. And then it it changed to just call those people crazy. And then weebs are like just normal people who like anime. I'd love to find out the history of that word. That'd be kind of, it's just like a history of otaku culture. That'd be crazy. That sounds like a long episode. Three parters. (laughs) (laughs) But anyway, so so that's a sword art online. And this is. Then the boon happens. the, The big boom. Yeah, this is when, so Sword Art Online ends up making more money than like Japan's like, like, like entire like GDP, basically. Like, let's be honest. Yeah, let's be honest. Like A1 Pictures makes so much money. The CEO is probably just swimming in yenis, Um, which you actually probably could. Those are soft enough. I bet you could swim in them. Maybe. (laughs) I knew a guy that would like bite them in half. Like those things are basically just pieces of plastic. But anyway, um, so a one pictures makes so much money and every other studio in, on the block is like, well, Hey, wait a minute. We could make some of that money too. If we just threw some guy into some place with something and called it an isekai. Yeah. We get like a whole lot of other shows. Like there's so, too many to list. Right. Yeah. So this is actually when I want to, I kind of want to do a quick breakdown Cause this is the point where, so let, let me put so like for 30 years, it took 30 years for isekai to be recognized its own sub subgenre. Yeah. And then in 10 years, it's gotten so big that there are genres within isekai. Yeah. And so I just kind of want to mention a couple of the subgenres that I thought was kind of funny. Yeah. So here, okay. If I have a couple of, so these are these are like officially recognized like subcategories on a lot of like manga sites and stuff. Um, <clears throat> so obviously there is isekai generally, 
I mean, isekai is pretty much 100 percent of the time fantasy. Every now and then, you get like a sci-fi isekai. Yeah. Um. Actually, if you want to watch a really good sci-fi isekai, really good is strong. Actually, if you want to watch a sci-fi isekai, <laughs> there's one airing this season called The Dungeon of Black Company. I actually, I think everybody hates it. I kind of dig it. Um, it's the like I made that gag at the beginning, but this is literally a show where the guy gets isekai twice, and he's not happy about it. <laughs> but yeah, it's it's kind of sci-fi. It's mostly fantasy, but sci-fi too. So anyway, there's there's a subcategory called slow life isekai, which has become really big in the last couple of seasons for. Us in the States are starting to see those where the concept is, and there's enough of these for it to be like, this is the general concept is the protagonist is worked to death in their human life, earth life. And then they're reborn with the opportunity to live life easy. Like they either get like some kind of ability or like they get born into like wealth or success or whatever, or they're like summoned into success or wealth or whatever. And then they get to have like the perfect, nice life. And that's when you get shows like I've been killing slimes for 300 years and maxed out my level. That's a slow life isekai. Um, You have slow life of a cheat pharmacist, which is also a slow life isekai. Okay. I would say it's not an isekai, but that's only because he never talks about his past life. You never see the past life. There's no reason for it to be an isekai. Anyway, I've complained (laughs) before. Yeah, so that's the so-called slow life subgenre. Okay. And there's like a million and a half uh, manga too. There's like rest I think Restaurant in Another World probably counts as one. Villainess uh, probably as well. Villainess. Like any of those shows where like there's not really like where it's like less combat and more like slice of life kind of stuff. We're like, well, what if instead of being the hero, they were just like a random person? And you know, some of them work better than others. Um there is the so-called second a uh, second chance isekai. Second chances. This is this is one that I think a lot of Westerners would disagree with as a genre, because for this isekai, it's the idea of the main character going back in time, with the opportunity of like redoing their life, basically. We're, we're basically talking about remake our life from this season. Yeah, so remake our life from this season is a prime example. Tokyo Avengers, prime example. Was there any other ones? seasons ago i i hate to even acknowledge this exists but redo of a healer is an isekai (laughs) it's weird though because it's a isekai that goes from fantasy to fantasy you normally Mm -hmm. don't see that i'd like to see more i'd actually that'd be a really great concept like somebody who like lives in one kind of fantasy world and then they get like isekai to like a sci-fi world or something that'd be funny because they're trying to summon fires with balls and everyone's like shooting at them but (laughs) anyway so that's like that's the so-called second chance. Um, then there's probably the biggest subcategory is the reverse isekai, which that's like devil's a part timer. Yeah, this is devil's a part timer, uh, and this is where I want to start throwing ones at Chris and see if he agrees or gets mad. Um, Miss Kobayashi's Dragon Maid. Yeah, counts. Okay, he he agreed. Let's see, recreators. If you ever saw that one? Uh, that one's weird. The guy, the guy Isekai is into a video game, but he's able to get out pretty quickly, but he accidentally takes one of the video game characters with him. And um, so she gets Isekai out of her world into real life. Okay. Which I, I, 
I've heard it's not very good, but I'm also kind of curious. As you, as you do. Um, Gabriel Dropout. Never heard of it. A uh, girl gets kicked out of heaven and goes to like high school in Japan. Oh, no. And there she has to interact with people who've been kicked out of hell, apparently, and are also going to high school in Japan. So apparently, according to that show, Japan is the worst place to be because... <laughs> Uh, if you're if you're not good enough for hell and you go to Japan, like what does that mean? <laughs> Isn't there a reverse isekai this season? That I'm watching. Yeah. About a girl that won't be defeated, maybe. Oh yeah, <laughs> Jaki Sama. Yeah, so Jaki Sama is a reverse isekai. Yeah, 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 yeah. She's she's great. Um, another. This is actually one I want your opinion on for realsies. Uh, Squid Girl. Ikamusume. Yeah. Kind of, maybe? Kind, not really. You don't think so? It's the reverse of Urashimi Taro, though. True. Because she's true. like, she has to get used to the human world that she's trying to conquer. And failing yeah. miserably. Yeah. Just keeps racking up more debt with broken vases. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. I don't know. I don't know. I, that's, that was like a maybe I just like, wanted to throw out. Because like, like some of these are ones I saw on lists and others are just like I'm making up as I go. So maybe Isekai. Um, high school DXD. Reverse Isekai. Yeah. Maybe. Kind of. I mean, I guess you could nah. you could extend that to, to Loveru, I guess, because maybe, I mean, again, maybe, right? To Loveru is like, they're aliens. That's another world. That's <laughs> that's the definition of being from another world. But uh, I don't know. <laughs> maybe. It, it, it's, it feels like it's hard to find. Yeah. That's fair. And then this is just one more reverse isekai. Um, this is a manga that I desperately hope gets made into an anime. Yeah. The fourth grader demon Lord. Oh no. Which. Um, it's basically like, um, Jahi somehow, but it's even better than you think actually. Okay, before I eat, like, okay, for those of you who can, like, if you're not driving or whatever, Google the fourth grader demon lord and look at the first picture that pops up. Like, it's best to experience that picture with no context. Actually, I, I hope it actually comes up. Like, I don't, I didn't double check that, but I assume it'll be the first thing that comes up because how many things could possibly be named that? So, like, an image is the first thing that pops up? Uh,. I'm going to take a quick pause and maybe I'll have to find this. Is this? Yeah, there you go. Yeah, Chris found it. Yeah, so it's literally uh, the demon lord uh, is Isekai'd and she is in full, full, like black armor, uh, <laughs> like full grown demon lord, but as a fourth in a fourth grader classroom, it's the best. And the whole the whole gag is that she's supposed to be like eight years old, but just looks like a menacing demon lord. And it's so great. Okay. <laughs> so look that up, I, I implore you. It's 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 wonderful. But that exists. And so anyway, that's that's reverse isekai. There's there's actually a surprisingly large number of them. You kinda have to like look for it and think about it. But anyway, back over to actual real isekai. I don't know if it would count as a like reverse isekai, but actually, 
maybe maybe it would be a saga of tons of evil. Does she go to a different world, or does she come from? It comes from our world, and then goes to a world that's very similar that has like it's like the magic elements, like kind of like AU or something. But it's like goes back into like World War II times, basically. Hmm. I mean, it's probably it's definitely some kind of isekai. That could be a fun debate. I don't. I haven't seen that one, so really I couldn't comment for sure. That's the guy. That he gets like pushed. Oh, he's <laughs> yeah. That's a bummer. And then he starts cursing, cursing God for making him do this. And then goes like, "I think I sent you to the worst place ever because you're a dick." <laughs> <laughs> don't die! Don't die! In the wrong uh, hole. How could you do that to me? <laughs> did you just go down the wrong hole? Yeah, of course it did. Because <laughs> I was laughing. Ah, I'm done dying. I'm back. Okay. Did not get easily kited. Yeah, that was basically uh, <sighs> basically that one. Great. What a sad story. Yeah, so he gets like teleported to like the worst place ever. And so the entire time the main character is like cursing person X or that's what he calls them. Mm. Or the person that sent them there and he's going to go kill them. <laughs> Great. And he's like in this like World War II era that's like like in constant war and violence. Mm. And he's just this little girl. Perfect. Well, I'm sure that works out fine for everybody. Anyway, uh, so, so yeah, and then getting back to, I mean, I guess from this point, I think I just kind of want to talk about like, what are like some of the popular ones that have been out like post sword art kind of re-zero. Oh, I've heard of that one. I've watched some of it. I think the, mo- the most popular ones are the ones that, um, have like really well done waifu characters. It does seem to be a big factor, doesn't it? That that is a defining factor on how well a show does. Yeah, it's if the characters are memorable. Yeah, if they can be made into good figures. Yeah, because that was that was the, like the basic thing that happened with ReZero is that the the characters were really good, and uh, um, everyone like wanted to see what happened with the characters. Whereas you compare it to something like uh, Slow Life in a Drugstore. Yeah. You can't really remember all the characters from that. I can. That's because I remember the things I don't like. <laughs> or the or the, the, the Slow Life of Killing Slimes. Yeah, that one that one is completely forgotten. It was yeah. it wasn't even like bad enough to make me angry. It was just boring. Yeah. <clears throat> And uh, so, yeah, it, as long as, like, the character decides are really good and then the characters are memorable with their personalities, then, like, um, I'd say the Isekai would be good. And, like, the other ones, like Saga, like I was just saying, Saga 10 with Evil. And uh, basically all the ones that are, like, under the Isekai Quartet thing. Yeah, that was a good good a banner for if you were going to be... It was a good one or not, but yeah. So, so for a while, I went and watched all of the uh, the shows that were under Isekai Quartet. Uh, let me pull. Weren't there just four in the quartet? 
No, there's more than that. Oh. I feel like I misunderstood what that show was about then. All right. So Isekai Quartet um, had a lot of the light novel series. It had uh, Konosuba, Overlord, ReZero, Saga of, the Ta- Saga of Tanya, the Evil, and uh, Rising of the Shield Hero and Cautious Hero. I forgot about Cautious Hero. Yeah. yeah. And uh, well, they, they did announce the third season. But uh, I, I watched all those shows in order to watch Isekai Quartet with like, um, yeah, full amount of knowledge. Uh, and all those shows are really good. Uh, I'd say like that are like the pinnacle of like good Isekai shows. Because mm. uh, um, the only one it doesn't have here is Slime. But even though Slime is like popular. It's popular nowadays. Uh, recent seasons have been lackluster. So. Mm. Um, though I think out of all this, uh, the best one, in my opinion, was Konosuba. Um, God's blessing on this beautiful, on this wonderful world, beautiful mm. world or whatever. This this show was probably the uh, I, I would say it's the best Isekai show. Okay. In my opinion. Um, because it's just, it's full of those memorable characters, those uh, waifu type characters where um, they all have um, good personalities and stuff. It's not a harem, which uh, surprisingly, even though there's one guy surrounded by a lot of girls, that's a, a harem. harem. It's not a harem. It's definitely a harem. <laughs> You know, when all all of them hate him in some 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 way, and like, yeah. <laughs> but each each character has like their own like weird warped personality. Hmm. It's like really fun. Um, like Aqua is the the dumb goddess. What? Who uh, says she's a goddess? But the only thing that she can do is do water parlor tricks. Like make a sprinkler come out of her hand or something. But like that. she tries so hard. I <laughs> she assume she tries so hard. I don't. I've never. I've, again, I still haven't seen it. It's been like a year. Or and then the they have the other girl that came from like a huge line of magical like wizards and stuff like that. But they, she can only use one spell. That spell is like this explosion spell. And so, she and then she can only use it once. And then when she uses it, she like collapses. <laughs> So, uh, yeah, and then they have this girl that likes to be uh, hit by stuff. Okay. <laughs> but she can't hit anything. Wow. She's like this knight and look, like, looks like really tough, but she cannot hit anything. If it's like standing in front of you, yeah. she would just miss. <laughs> so, like, I assume these characters die in episode one and the real cast comes in, right? No. <laughs> And it's just about this misadventures of these these four people, and like the uh, the main character is also like um, completely dumb and uh, um, down to earth. Yeah, he doesn't deal with a lot of their crap. <laughs> <laughs> and he's just really weird and like a different spin on the like the uh, protagonist. Mm. But the but the best part about the show is that it's very uh, sitcom-y. Mm. 
it uh, it relies on those character interactions, and there isn't like much like depth into the story. Mm. But yeah, that, that's that's my favorite uh, isekai. Okay, that and, uh, and of course ReZero, which we've talked about. Right, classics. Yeah, um, these are these are pretty good. Right, so, so I guess Isekai Quartet is kind of a good marker for if it's yeah. a good show to watch. Yeah, if it's on Isekai Quartet, I would like recommend like going and watching it. Okay. And then watching Isekai Quartet because then you like know about all the characters and then you can see how funny it is when they interact with each other. Mm. Like the main character from Konosuba interacting with the character from uh, ReZero and how he, he's like, the main character of Konosuba is extremely jealous of him because <laughs> he's surrounded by all these girls that like him while he is surrounded by girls that don't like him. <laughs> so yeah, it must be nice. <laughs> yeah. One of the episodes he was like, um, Subaru was like going on about all this stuff. Like, Oh, Amelia is so nice and all this. And he, he's like looking and like at like his girls and they're all like yelling at each other. And hating him. Yeah. <laughs> He's like, why can't I have that? Why, why didn't I get teleported to that world? <laughs> that sounds pretty good about now. <laughs> How many times do you have to die? That's it. <laughs> yep. Anyway, I, I would recommend those. All right. That's me. Cool. What are some notable ones that, um, that you have down? Sure. Bubble. Like for like, like what I personally think or just like what are generally like generally. So some generally popular ones that I, that I guess you haven't mentioned yet. Yeah. Uh, no game, no life. People love that one. They want a season two. Do they get a season three? They want a season three then. Cause they're not happy. <laughs> I just keep hearing people complain about how they want another season. So I don't, I don't know much about no game, no life, except I think it's about a game and possibly. No life. Yeah. As well. <laughs> <laughs> that's what I have deduced from oh, really. Yeah. So yeah, six pages of research. Um, I did not bother to look up anything about no game, no life. Um, but I do know it's like listed in like the top, it's like one of like the top six, according to like most of the lists I was looking at. Um, another one that I saw come up a lot was log horizon. That one's actually pretty good. I've heard good things about it. I have only seen like half of season one. Okay. Stop for some reason, but that one was that one was interesting because it was basically like they were uh, moved to this game world. I think, and the game like came alive. It was all about them like trying to figure out like them them like making a town or something like that, mm. like trying to survive. Okay, I don't hmm. know. It, it it was it was it was very well done. It went more into like the politics and Ooh, like uh, I like politics and like economics. Okay, I think. that sounds personally interesting to me. Actually, I might have to look into that. So yeah, there's Log Horizon. Um, another one that I saw come up a lot was called Outbreak Company, which sounded kind of intriguing. Um, like, have you heard of that one? No. So, I mean, this was like the gist that I saw based off a couple synopses. I don't know exactly what it's about, but like basically a guy is summoned to another world in order to bring otaku culture to that kingdom. Oh, okay. So his job is to be a nerd and get paid. 
that, that seems to be a thing with slime too. Is slime like he had this ability to replicate things yeah. from his mind or something like that. So he like like oh made like manga, like all the manga that he remembered or yeah. whatever. And then just he sees like people reading them. <laughs> My God, that that's exactly what happened in Tsukimichi. Really? Kind of. Like they make a, they make movies out of his memories, and so like uh, anime and uh, period dramas are becoming super popular in his world because his like movie memories are being circulated. So I can, I'm starting to see why everyone says they're the same show. Yeah, it's just weirdly coincidental. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. I, I could go over more of the stuff that's <laughs> that it's probably similar with. But. Right. We'd be here all day. Yes, yeah, he. I either need to watch Slime or you need to watch Tsukimichi so we can like really figure out what's happening. But anyway, so yeah, those are a couple other like really big ones, and then um, I have like some personal recommendations, and then I, get, I don't know if you have any other ones you want to talk about. I already gave my personal recommendation. All right, so these are ones that I think are less popular but are worth checking out. Uh, first of all, uh, Kuma 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 Bear. Yeah, we. Um, earlier I said that the only, if you only watch one, uh, anime out of our, this episode, you should watch those who hunt elves. I lied. If you if you're only going to watch <laughs> one, you got to watch Kuma 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 Bear. Ignore everything Chris said. That's, that's not true. I need to watch this show. The problem, like, here's the, like, I know for a fact that my love for the show is not equal to the quality. Like I'm almost, I'm almost certain of that, but she's in a bear costume and it's adorable. <laughs> What's with you in like costume animal costumes? I mean, they're they're so like soft looking. Like with Gura and like the shark. Yeah, she's got a she's got a big like shark tail that looks like squeezable and a hoodie that's soft. These she's are got bloop. Yeah, bloop is okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you you in the animal costumes. I'm telling you. It's adorable. Yeah, Kuma 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 Bear. It's a lot of fun. It's super lighthearted. I'd say it's somewhere between like a power fantasy isekai, where it's like the overpowered like protagonist. But it's also kind of like a slow life isekai. Because like there are battles, but it's not like a huge focus of the series. It's mostly like her day-to-day life that it's about. Yeah. Um, so that one's really good. Um I'd say. Um, another, a really good reverse isekai that I like a lot. And I, I pretty, I, I think this is considered an isekai. Like I saw it on a lot of lists, a Hina Matsuri. It's a reverse isekai where the girl appears in the guy's room in an egg ship. And then he has to deal with her existence in his life. That one was a really good show. It's yeah. Yeah. Hina Matsuri. It doesn't get talked about a lot, but it's a, it was a really good show, like genuinely. It was very, uh, it had a, like a lot of wholesome moments and a lot of like really funny moments. Yeah, like it was it had, like a perfect balance. Yeah, like there's like some really good like emotional punch. Yeah, with some of the characters like the way they develop. Um, yeah, that's the show that I'd love to get a season two for. Yeah, but yeah, so Hina Matsuri is super worth checking out. Um, this is another one I don't see talked about a ton. And I think it's a few years old now, so maybe it's just not. I think it was popular when it came out, but Blood Blockade Battlefront. Because 
I don't know if this is an isekai or reverse isekai. I think it's both. Yeah. Because it's about a city that suddenly merges with like, I guess like a demonic nether realm kind of a thing. And so the societies have to like learn how to like live together because they're suddenly stuck together. And then like the main characters have superpowers or whatever. I remember I watch didn't we watch one of those episodes of Blue Group and I didn't really like care for it? I, I don't I guess you probably I don't can't remember if you like care for it. We we didn't watch too much more together as a group, but I went back and watched more of it. I still need to finish it because I can't finish anything. Like my leftover lunch. Yeah, but, like <laughs> um yeah, I think that one's really different and interesting. Like I think it's just because again, it's like it's very it's like actiony, but it's also kind of like just like the logistics of like two totally different societies trying to work together because they have to. Yeah. And so that one is really different and interesting. Um, there's actually some of the new ones this season that are still currently airing. That I mean, maybe they're going to end badly, and I'm going to regret recommending them now. Well, they're already bad. So um, actually. <laughs> Think a uh, realist hero is number ten. Thank you very much. <laughs> but yeah, so uh, how a realist hero rebuilt the kingdom. I apparently this maybe this is somewhat like Log Horizon then, but uh, realist hero. I I mentioned this several times, but basically he uh, summoned to another world, manages to talk his way into becoming the king of the kingdom, and then he sets about uh, doing a bunch of like economic reform, social reform. He's like trying to like form treaties and contracts with people, yeah. building towns, building roads. Uh, there is a demon king that's out destroying other kingdoms. He's not too worried about that right now. He's got to make more potatoes. They spent a whole ep- not ho- they spent half an episode talking about like medieval road building technology. It was fascinating. Definitely less focus on action, more focus on like politics and just like real world like governmental management, basically. Like if you're a big fan of like this, like uh, like SimCity or Civilization or things like that, it's like that, but as an anime. Okay. So, I, I really like and the characters are really good too. Like the side characters are pretty interesting. Like, like the motivation of like there's like there are like antagonists in the show. Like besides the Demon King, and it's it's interesting because like it's they're antagonists in the way that like like no one's really a bad guy, but they just have like different political beliefs. And it's all about compromise with different polit- political parties. Whoa, whoa! It's a fantasy world, I know. <laughs> whoa, <laughs> yeah, that's that's fantasy. Yeah, right. That's how you really. That's like it's like ah, there, there's where it gets unbelievable. People are compromising. Ridiculous. <laughs> yeah. Jeez. But, yeah, it's a great show. Makes me a uh, want to go live there instead. <laughs> <laughs> if only we could. So that that one's fun. Uh, Dungeon of Black Company. I think I mentioned it briefly. Dungeon of Black Company. Um, nobody likes it. I think it's great. Uh, the main character just is just deserves all all the terrible things that happen to him. Yeah. He's a bad person, but <laughs> <laughs> he he's one of them like go getter types that just won't be kept down, even when the entire universe is trying to kill him <laughs> in two different realities. <laughs> Oh my gosh. Well, that sounds like a rough show. <laughs> it's it's so much fun. Um yeah, Tsukimichi also is good. Good. Apparently it's it's slime. 
but also it was released like a year before Slime, so maybe Slime is Tsukimichi. I don't know. You, you'll have to see. If, if you go and watch a couple episodes of Slime, yeah. you'll see. I'll have, you know, I'll have to take a look. And actually, now I think about it, because like in episode one, uh, the main character in Tsukimichi forms a pact with a dragon. And he gains the dragon's powers. It is slime. Holy crap. We're figuring it out, guys. Is there like a giant spider monster in slime? No. Okay, there's one different thing so far. Maybe. Because he fights a giant spider monster and then she turns into a hot girl. Because of course she does. No, that doesn't. Okay. Anyway, so those are some that I think are... Maybe not like all time greats, but they're just they're good. They're fun. Actually, I mean, Hina Matsuri, I think, is an all time great, but that's my opinion. I agree with that. Hina Matsuri was really good. So, um, so yeah, that's that's about it for the uh, the whole genre. Yeah, I think so. Closing remarks. The uh, um, the outro. outro. The restate your thesis tell them what you told them (laughs) (laughs) Uh, restate your thesis sure Uh, with a a conclusion drawing a conclusion yeah i will be submitting this uh paper to uh some peer-reviewed journals (laughs) um for your consideration uh anyway it's complex it started off a long time ago yeah and uh um, didn't gain popularity for a while. Right. And now it's here to stay. Yeah. It's, it's the new kid on the block. No, nah, I wouldn't say he's the new kid on the block anymore. I'd say he's the cocky kid. <laughs> yeah. yeah. He, he's that kid on the block. Who's like parents give him everything. Yeah. He has like all the cool toys and all four of the consoles. Yeah. And he goes around set, um, bragging to all of his friends. They're like, I just got a PS five today Yeah, on day one when it came out. Yeah. My dad says he's going to buy me a car yeah. when I get my license. Yeah. I get like a thousand dollars in, uh, in the allowance. God, I had a friend like that and I hated him for it. <laughs> but anyway. <laughs> All right. Well, so see, yeah, Isekai, um, don't fight it, accept it. It's, it's here. Yeah, it's here to stay. Um, what um, I have a great philosophy when it comes to anime. I think it's very anime. humble of you to say it that way. <laughs> <laughs> it is um, just if if the show like is fun, then watch it. Like if you're not having fun while watching a show, it's not like entertaining. Don't watch it. Could be it could be like not entertaining at all, and you just don't watch it. Like for example, like I watched all sort of online. Well, this is a terrible example. This <laughs> is a terrible example. This is the opposite of your philosophy. Yeah, this is the opposite of my philosophy. Okay, so you're not a better person for it. Like, so that proves it. Like for like for a lot of the seasons, like mm. I would just like watch like random things, even though it would be like terrible, like. You and Detective is already dead. Yeah, apparently me and everything <laughs> I watched this season. <laughs> so uh, so bitter. Um, because you never know what will be good out there. You could you could watch a show or like think you won't like a show, 
but then you might be surprised why you like it. Yeah. It's, you know, be adventurous sometimes. Like yeah, uh, my favorite part of like researching like this and then like, even like with a, with shaft the other week, you learn about new shows you'd never heard of probably never would have found. And there's like some really fun gems out there that is like nobody ever talked about for one reason or another. Yeah. So even if it's not like on a best of list, you know, check it out. Yeah. Agreed. Um, yeah. So with that in mind, a uh, question of the day. What is your favorite isekai show? Yeah. yeah I guess, uh, I guess like, yeah, in general, like, do you love isekai? Do you hate isekai? Do you want to mm-hmm. be isekai? Do you actively seek out truck coon on the street? <laughs> <laughs> Zombieland Saga. That's all I can think. <laughs> I that oh my, guys, I think we said it before. Watch Zombieland Saga. Yeah, <laughs> do it. Zombieland Saga season two was so good. I don't yeah. know if we talked too much about that last. Uh, when we did the season wrap up last time, but yeah, I think we yeah. we talked about it for a little bit. But yeah, it's that's a good show. Yeah, season my, two was really good. If you're only ever gonna watch one Idol show, that's the one to do. Yeah, I, I'd say that. Like I'd say it's like the idol show for people who don't like idol shows. Yeah. But legendary tie. Legendary tie for the win. Still no figure. Guys, we gotta get the show popular enough for them to get figures. <laughs> I wanna get the whole Des Musume like collection. I'd buy all of them, honestly. All right. So uh where can they find you, Swing? Uh yeah, if you wanna <clears throat> talk to me before I choke to death. Um you can find me on my anime list, uh, username Gray Suede. I updated it a little bit over the weekend. I'm only a couple months behind now on anime that I've watched. And you can also message me on that, I think. Maybe. Yeah, you can. Cool. Chris knows how to use it. He he actually uses it. Yeah, and they could comment on your profile, but I have mine disabled. Oh, Mine's probably enabled. Don't don't take advantage of that. It's going to be mean. But yeah. <laughs> uh, where can they reach you, Chris? My anime list at Zaya H one, I believe. And uh, yeah, Twitter Zaya H one. Even though I don't log on to it. Right. Cool. We can just spam his account then. It's perfect. Oh uh, yeah. So uh, there you go. Those um, are and if, yeah, if you want to reach the uh, the podcast in general, um, I mean, probably technically me that responds, but I'll tell Chris about it too, I guess. Um, and send us an email at deepanimedive at gmail.com. You can also tweet at us. I'm trying to tweet a little bit more. I've been posting the, the pictures of our uh, figure guests, and I guess we'll also have a nice shiny photo of my uh, those who hunt elves Blu-ray. Yep. Uh, hashtag not spawn. <laughs> uh, but uh, right. yeah, I think that'll do it for today. This one is probably going to be a long one. Yeah, <laughs> this is a lot to talk about, but I think this is this is really fun. And like and like seriously, like let us know like what kind of topics you'd like us to jump into. Like if there's like other genres. Or like certain directors or studios or even like shows. It's like I love doing this kind of stuff. I'm just like digging deep into like random things and like learning like 
crazy random things like the fantastic adventures of Yoko was a fun treat to learn about this week. And a handful of the others were also pretty interesting, but uh, yeah, I think that'll wrap, wrap us up. All right. Well, see you all later. Yeah, next bye. Time. Have a good day and or night. Bye.